you come to the vet and there's a receptionist and the receptionist says well well well, well um Alison isn't particularly busy right now so she can see you just go right in okay thank you I just wanted to report something so you see sitting sitting at a desk in the side you know across from the little consulting room um a short stocky woman with short hair who um looks up and she says yeah how can I help you Hi there, um, yeah, um, I'm, uh, Gareth, I just, I was on the way into the town when I, I hit a, um, an animal just up the road, a bit, oh, it's a bit away really, because we were, we were visiting the Shivering Circle, um, uh, and it was a, a hawk, I think, probably swooped down or something, I didn't even see it coming, but I looked down and it had this ring on its leg. A ring? I'm sorry, I, I sorry? Yeah, it was a... Sorry, yeah, you... a brass ring, like. So you're a tourist or something? No, no, we we came with a a film crew. We're going to make a sort of documentary about the Shivering Circle. It's er, I don't know if you heard of it. Uh, it's Eric Higginson's The World of the Strange. Oh yeah, that guy. He he's still on. T- he's still alive. That guy. Wow. <laughs> I, I I thought he'd gone to the spirits years ago. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry, you said you 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 hit you hit you hit a hawk with your car. Yeah, it was just I just heard this thud, and then I looked out, and it was sort of a mess. Really, I'm, I felt terrible, uh, but it probably was a quick death. Anyways, it had this uh, ring, like a brass ring, looked really old around its leg. So I thought maybe it belonged to someone here. Yeah, know. it probably did. I, do you know? I I haven't I haven't met him, but I I heard that there's there's an old man who lives um up 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 on the hill, and he um oh. I I I, th- I think he keeps hawks, doesn't he? It might might belong to him. Um, it's the only one I know about. I I'm obviously I've I've only been here a few months. Um, I'm Alison Hurstfield. Um, nice to meet you. Nice to meet I've you. I've got, got to be honest. Well, it, this place has some strange people in it. It is. I, I've been in some country areas, but ever since yeah. moving to the New Forest, I have found just the the most obstructive, unfriendly. So if he's a bit odds, I wouldn't be surprised, frankly. Well, I mean, could you, if you talk to him, could you just let him know, perhaps? I don't know if I would... I don't want to start, you know, make a whole business out of it. And, oh. Well, well, definitely if I see him. But um, I don't think he even comes down into the into the village, really. Yeah. If I'm free, I mean, I'm quite happy to drive you up there sometime, maybe tomorrow, and, uh, and find him, and you can sort it out with him, or tell him... I squirm a bit, obviously wanting to sort of get out of this situation, but now she's sort of insisting, and I do feel bad about this person if he was actually keeping hawks, so I... To be fair, the vet seems to be the single nicest person you have met this entire area because she's not from round here. So maybe it would be nice to spend some more time with her then, because <laughs> she's actually nice. Wouldn't mind going up there with her then if she's going to drive me yeah oh all right then yeah you could do that i guess yeah come by tomorrow morning and i'll see if i've got some spare time all right i'll do that all right um see you around then Alison. all right cheers okay so you arrive at the um at the garage you see the house you see you, the garage doors open and you can sort of see them at the side of the cottage and you sort of wander in as they have just come to the realization of what they have found what you got there oh you're not gonna believe this i think steve's just died and gone to heaven ah really yeah some good stuff then all the lost episodes that you could ever imagine all in one place joking no seriously have a look at this i go over and i well um, happy for you, Steve. <laughs> Do you want something, or everyone? Do you, are you going to keep looking through this stuff? I can go get us some coffee if you like. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, I think yeah, we. Thanks, I think Sam. we need to. Uh, we need to at least make a list of what everything that's here, and then and then talk to Mrs. Dudar again and uh, see see what she wants to do about it. It might be worth looking at the videotapes. 
how about we just give her 50 quid, get everything out of here, and then we start cataloging it. Well, let's uh, let's first go through the rest of the boxes and 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 see what else is here, because you've only opened that one penny so far. There's what two more? Yeah. Let's have a look at those, and then then we'll make a decision. Uh, and and yeah, Gareth, uh, coffee would be good. Right. Uh, I start heading off to that cafe and see what I can get for them. Did you get to talk to the vet? Oh yeah, I did. She said it was a mole geezer keeping hawks, probably. Um, told me to come back perhaps tomorrow morning. Maybe I could do it before we start and she'd take me up to him. I don't know why she couldn't just tell him, but she seems to be a friendly person, at least, in this part, these parts, compared to the rest. I heard she's an outsider. Well, that probably is it then. She's too nice. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. If you need to go and sort that out in the morning, that's okay. We can work around that. Cheers, Miss Webb. I'll get the stuff then. Uh, yeah. Right, so Mrs. Um, you turn around and there's Mrs. Um, Mrs. Newman at the um, the door of the garage. Oh, hello there. Just with, hello. So have you found anything of, of use? Can Is there anything you could take off my hands? Oh, well, uh, there's... Um... There's a lot of stuff here, isn't there? And I think that uh, it'll take a long time. There is, by the way, an old VHS recorder as oh, well. Oh, is there? Are you looking to get rid of that then as well? Because uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll be happy to clear up for you if you like. I mean, you know, we could be here for hours going through this lot, and we wouldn't want to inconvenience you at all. So, um, if you look, if you want to just get rid of this stuff, we'll we'll be happy to take it off your hands and go through it. Um, back back at our place, yeah, no problem oh, at really? all. If that if that's what you want, well, 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 certainly. I was wondering if it had any. Uh, how can I put this sens- sensitively? Uh, monetary value. Well, tis t- hard to say, really, without going through all of it. I mean, it don't look like much, really. There's a load of old VHS tapes. Well, I mean, nobody don't use VHS no more, so you you couldn't even blank them off and, and sell them on that way. But, I mean, charity shops don't even take them now. But, I mean, we'd be happy to dispose of them for you. I mean, there might be some historic value perhaps in the film canisters, just as an obsolete format. I mean, Penny was just saying to me, you know, we, we could offer £50 as a kind of compensation for you, clear them out away, and uh, that might see you See you through a couple of bottles of decent wine or something, you know. Yeah, well, if you say so. I'm, I, to be honest, I'll be glad of the space. I, I've been wanting to get rid of everything to do with, with him for some time now. Even before he died, to be honest. Oh, well, I could I could understand where you're coming from, <laughs> Mrs. Newman, yeah. Oh, well, Lucy, what, what do you think? We could... We, we could, uh, we could uh maybe stretch the budget a bit couldn't we yeah and, that's absolutely give this nice fine. lady a yeah. contribution yeah, yeah that's absolutely fine not a problem at all well should, should we take them for from you now then mrs newman yeah, gareth could bring the van up i mean it's just part of the bed and breakfast the other other side of the, the village so you could just like scoot up there and bring the van and load them in i sort of stand about uh waiting for them to make a decision now because of this uh yeah, she just showed up. Mr. Newman seems very pleased at this. Well, no, I'll tell you what then, Gareth. We'll, we'll, we'll be doing our, our bit for the community here, won't we? Why don't you run down and pick up the van? Don't worry about the coffee for now. We'll, uh, we'll load these boxes, get them out of this, uh, this nice lady's way so that she can uh, get about her business and we'll take them off. All right, then. I'll, I'll do that. Good lad. So Lucy um, goes into her pocket and uh, where she has got some petty cash and um, she'll peel off some notes and offer them to Mrs Newman. Right, and Mrs Newman takes them um, without question. Um, seems to be very pleased about this. Very pleased. And so lets we'll, you take the things... We'll move the boxes. Move the boxes and the film canisters which are in cans, right, obviously. So you haven't actually opened the cans yet. You've just looked at the labels on the outside of the cans. And I think you opened one and there was a film canister inside it. These are film canisters. Obviously, there's no way of telling what's on them other than what's on the labels. 
Yes, but Steve wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, do that under such uncontrolled conditions in case they actually genuinely are what they say they are. Okay, incidentally, in terms of vehicles, you've got a car and the outside broadcast van as well. So we'll move the boxes and the canisters out of the garage uh, and wait for Gareth to arrive with the van so yeah. that we can load them in. Yeah, and you've got the old VHS recorder too. As we stand outside waiting for Gareth to arrive, I actually I, I, I put my hand on Lucy's uh, shoulder. Uh, Lucy, dear, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know how I am about people and she kind of freaked me out, leaping at me from the corridor like that. She sort of appeared out of nowhere. Uh, you, you know you've been doing the thing again a lot. Oh God, have I? Yes. Oh. I just wanted you to know and if, if you've feeling stressed or something you know you can always talk to any of us i know hun thank you sorry i thought i had it better under control but i just i don't know i'm a bit unsettled i guess yeah i think i bet your mind's been on other things yeah yeah pretty much okay so all right we're moving on it's all in the back of the van the outside broadcast van by the way has means you've probably got the means to connect the video recorder to the thing um to 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 a tv in there right because obviously you've got the stuff there and actually actually, tell you what steve roll dice versus dignity please 13 all right i think is um you are desperately desperately curious about seeing what's on these things um but it's up to you as to what you find yourself doing this evening Oh, Steve will be in the uh, in the van for the course of the evening, unless uh, anything any more exciting comes along between now and then. Right. Um, oh, and add a dot to dignity as well. All right. How late are you going to be looking at these things? It depends what I find on them. Right. I w- I'll certainly be watching Power of the Daleks, if nothing else. Moving forwards. While the rest of you head towards the deeply unfriendly gastro pub, as it is now, it used to be just a pub, but now it's a gastro pub, and it's very middle class and lovely, but it's still deeply unfriendly um, to have dinner. You wind up foregoing much after dinner, and you spend the evening. There are no less than 37 lost episodes of television, including five of the episodes of Power of the Daleks three of the episodes of the highlanders but no one cares about the highlanders so an episode of the space pirates an episode of adam adamant lives scott walker's tv program and um the Stranger. steve how old are you 36 okay right so obviously this was broadcast before you were born but but it's kind of legendary as a piece of lost television also, the, the word Austringers kind of on your mind, isn't it? I, I mean, do you, do you remember what happens in it? I was, it was broadcast on Thursday the 18th of December 1969 at 11 o'clock p.m. in colour on BBC Two. Obviously, it only exists now in a black and white film recording. Although you're aware that there are means to get the colour back from black and white film recordings. So, you know, it might happen one day. Audience appreciation index was acceptable. Um, It didn't get many notices in the press, but they were good. The Evening Standard called it a first-rate chiller. Very much a kind of ghost story for Christmas kind of thing. Before ghost stories for Christmases were a thing. Never got as far as being sold, from what Google tells you. Probably because people outside the UK might not even know what an Austringer was. Power of the Daleks. The scene where Patrick Trout looks in the mirror and see William Hartnell's face looking out at him. Ben and Polly's, the way they act, their distrusts. The way that the new doctor refers to the doctor in the third person. Is a conversation where he only replies with his eyebrows, tiny facial tics. An expression of subtle triumph on the doctor's face when the Daleks recognise him, which of course you don't get from the animated version, frankly not seen on any TV screen for 50 years save Bernard Newman's Steve remembers as well um, seeing a little clip on a children's TV programme it must have been 
he thinks Blue Peter that that as far as he can remember is the only surviving footage and when that little snippet of footage comes along in the episode that he's watching that's that's where he kind of goes oh yeah the Orstranger is really interesting there's there's a couple in a car and um, they're quiet He's rest, she's resting her hand on his knee and then there's a thud in the front of the car and they stop the car and get out there's a dead bird and the man says I think it's a hawk and it's lying in the road broken and the woman says it must have flown in front of us just as we were passing and there's a ring around the hawk's leg and the man says it must have belonged to someone and she says what do we do and the man says what do we do and they drive off and atop the bluff the camera goes atop the bluff and there's a tall ragged figure standing in silhouettes and beside him in white the words appear the title the Orstranger. are the others still at the pub at this point they've all gone to bed now you wake up in the morning sitting on the remote control with jaggy snowy lines crisscrossing the screen you've been here all night you fell asleep. You don't remember when you fell asleep. You dreamed of birds. Steve brushes himself down a bit and uh, and, and looks at his watch to see what the time is. It's about 6.45. He goes in, leaves the van, locks it up, goes in and goes to wake up the others if they're not already awake. Yeah, well, you, you know, they'll, they'll get up between about 7, 7.30. You know, they have long days in the TV industry, don't you? At breakfast, let's talk about breakfast. Still, no sign of the um, owner of the B&B, but all the food's there, just as a buffet. Who booked the rooms for us at this B&B? Oh, the, um, the publicity lady at the, um, at the TV company. I look at the food and uh, I'm a bit picky. It's all right. Yeah, I'm a bit picky though, but okay, this is not too bad. Uh, quite skinny, but I, yeah, sit down. You all had dreams last night. Steve says to the others, um, I think you might want to know what was in amongst that stuff that we got from that woman up the road. Was it any good? Oh yeah, it was certainly good. You were going but, uh, on about Doctor Who yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I shall be going on about that for a while. That was certainly in there. But there, there, there was a drama in there that, uh, well, gave me some strange dreams last night, I can tell you. You all had strange dreams last night, by the way. Um, Penny, you had a terrible, terrible dream about your children. Your children who you haven't seen for a while... They were just so angry with you for, for, for leaving them. I think I probably woke up crying that morning. Yeah, Cassandra and Michael basically just said they didn't love you anymore. Uh, you can tell that I haven't been sleeping much. Uh, my, my hair is dishevelled and tasseled and I get rings under my eyes and kind of not paying attention to what anyone is saying by the table. Lucy, mm-hmm. you dreamed that um, Auntie Brenda died and it was in some undeterminate way that you didn't know your fault um, that Auntie Brenda had died and you all sort of felt terribly, you just, you're there at the funeral and everybody was acting like it was your fault. And and Gareth. Yeah. Gareth, you dreamt that you were attacked by magpies. And it really mm. hurt. I'd like all of you to roll dice and hope, please. But you only roll three dice. I got two sixes and a one. Plus your hope. Uh, my hope is six. So 19. Right, so it's 19. Okay, uh, you're okay. I got 14 all in all. Right, I want you to knock a dot off of hope and um, put a tick in the shaken box and colour in one of the stones. 
And since I rolled 14 as well, I'm doing the same. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Steve rolled 16. Right. Um, you're okay, Steve. You can actually add a add a dot to hope. And also, um, Lucy, you can... Because you rolled all right. You can add a dot to hope. I uh, come to the table, uh, seeing you sitting down. I, I had, I have like bits of food that I picked out, but I look at you strangely, Steve. Steve, did you, did you sleep in the van? I, uh, Steve's a little bit embarrassed about this. I, um, yeah. Yeah, you're smelling a bit ripe at this point. You probably need a shower. But um, I, I probably ought to tell you one of the things I saw. Actually, no. I think you ought to look at one of the things that I found. Why? Um, I'll show you in a minute. Um, I'm just going to go up and have a quick, uh, uh, a quick shower and change my socks, and I'll be back. Do you want me to hook up the old VCR to the to the TV in the common area. No, no, we'll uh, we'll look. We'll look in the back of the van. Being being an OB van, there'll be enough room for everybody in there. Yeah, yeah, there's enough room for everyone. I'll uh, I'll just go and freshen up, and then uh, I'll be back. And he goes up to his room. I sit and I just pick up my food, not really having an appetite. Looking at the other two, seeing that Penny looks a bit upset as well. You, uh, you slept 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 all right. No, I didn't. Not really. I don't feel like eating anything, do It's... I, I just wish I had time for a nap later on. It's been an awful night for me. Awful? How so? Did something happen? No, it's just... You know, the stress of being away... I don't get to see my kids that often... Ah, oh, no. kids, yeah. Yeah. Well, you should call them, perhaps. Are you going to call them? Yeah, I guess I should, but I don't know. I'm just scared that they, you know. Never mind. I'll, I'll probably give them a ring later. And you look at me and, you know, I'm in my early 20s, so I probably don't know when you say you know. But I give you a sympathetic look. And I, I try to eat some of the food before I say, "Well, I, I should probably, I should probably head down to the vet and get that thing sorted." Oh well, I don't know if she's in the office yet, but. Do you want company? You, you want to go? Well, I think he wanted to show you something, Steve. Oh. Yeah, that's true. It's probably something he found on the. Yeah, I just want to get this done, you know. It's a bit embarrassing. This yeah. this old guy keeps hawks and now killed one of them. Oh, yes, I do. Well, of course, just give us a ring if you need any help, like compensation for... Nah, just, just you know, she seemed all right, Alison. She'll probably back me up. I don't know. Oh, but... and is that a vet, Alison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's ah. she's nice. Apparently, not having been here very long, maybe she hasn't caught up on the mannerisms of this place. Well, I think it's better you handle this, Alison. Then. Yeah. All right. The three of you who are with Steve, you go to the van. Gareth, you head down to the vets. At the vet, you meet you meet Alison, and she hops in the car she's got some rounds to do afterwards but she's you know it's a bit quiet and to be honest people aren't particularly keen on using her services except when they have to because she's not from around here um she drives you up fairly lonely one track lanes as time over the next hour or so until you reach what amounts to a very old sort of underserved cottage with you know, it's got an outhouse around the back and a shed, and it's sort of, it's there's 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 sort of feathers and there's around hanging up, hanging up just um, on the window frame outside are three dead hares hanging by their um, feet, just to dry up. 
and and a couple of sparrows and things a few dead birds as well I usually don't like the look of dead animals very much so I try to sort of avert my gaze when I see that as you go up the path to the cottage Mr Allison goes up oh hey Mr Magpie and of course there is a magpie perched on the ground landing there and you know um, there are moments and, and obviously this is something that you're used to we can almost see through it I uh, give a shudder beside myself uh, because of the dream that I had I kind of rub my arms a bit I, from where it hurt before in the dream and I say yeah hello because the superstition is that if you see a lone magpie, it's bad luck unless you say say hello to it. And she sort of, the vet sort of laughs. and goes, I'm not superstitious, but, you know, old habits, right? Yeah. You know, I used to care for a magpie, actually. Yeah? Yeah, it was a hurt bird. It it didn't last very long. Well, it, it never got out of the house again. I had it for about six months, I think. I was caring for it and trying to feed it and, uh, you know, it felt like we uh, kind of became close in a strange kind of way. Didn't get along very well with my parents, so this was kind of a... They never let me have a pet before, so I kept it secret out in the shed. Wow, that's quite the story. Yeah. All right, let's, let's get this over with anyway. Yeah. So knock at the door and you hear some sounds inside the cottage and then the door opens and standing at the door is um, a tall, skinny, very, very old-looking man. He's wearing, like, trousers and braces and then long johns underneath, right? So he's got his top covered, but he's sort of, you know... And he kind of smells kind of bad in that way that a certain sort of old old, old guy does. And But he's, like, really erect. He's ramrod straight, like his bones are made of steel. And he just looks at you with, like, this incredibly deeply creased face. He doesn't say anything. He just looks at you, waiting for you to say something. And, um, Alison goes, um, hello, I'm Mr. Baker. Um, I'm Alison. I don't know. I'm Dr. Hursfield, the vet. I don't know if you've heard me before. And he looks at her. And he nods. He goes, I. Uh, hi. I'm, I'm Gareth I uh, was coming in the other day, and uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say I might have hit one of your birds if you keep hawks. I keep hawks? Yeah, it had an old sort of brass ring around its leg. I'm really sorry, I, I didn't see it fly in front of the car. You getting me a new one? Um, but do you, um... Uh, I suppose we could... I, I don't know. H- how do you get a hawk? <laughs> um. You get me a hawk? That's my, that's my livelihood, that is. That's my food. Or did you, did you know that you had one missing, then? Yeah, he didn't come back yesterday. It's because you and your stupid car bumped into my hawk. Well, you better get me a new oh, hawk. Sorry. sorry ain't enough. You get me a new hawk. And, 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 and Dr. Hurstfield is like, just calm down. I'm sure we can sort something out here. He's saying, no, he needs to get me a new arc. Well, I mean, I'm sure the insurance company can do something, you know. Um, insurance? Sorry, uh, What's that? We don't have no insurance. Well, do you, where do you get a hawk? I don't know. What can I do? How much are they? You don't come back till you get me arc. And he slams the door. Well, that's a bit odd, isn't it? They are weird people around here, I swear. Anyway, you've done all you have to, and I don't think you need to do anything, because it's not really on you to get him another hawk. It's just, I mean, you know, you have to catch one. You have to ca- you have to get the egg, and you have to, like, hatch the egg, and or steal it from the nest or something. You know, you just, you know, just buy a hawk. They're not a thing you can buy. You have to catch them and tame them. Well, do people do this? I mean, all right, I don't know. It doesn't seem to want to, like, give me a clue as to how to get one, but 
Oh shit. Oh. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry. They're all really strange around here and it's not like he can do anything, is it? No more. Okay. Right, and so she drives Jeez. you back to drives you back to the village. And you have a fairly nice chat in the car on the way home. Okay, so what meanwhile in the outside broadcast van, the OB van, what are you doing? Steve sits the others down in the back of the van. Uh and he puts on the um, tape that he was watching. The Austringer. Yes, of the Austringer. And says, uh, I, I really think that Gareth should have been here as well to see this, but uh, we'll we'll have to catch him up to speed later on. But I just want you to watch the uh, the opening few minutes of this drama. Um, you'll see from the label what is called, and he shows them the label that says the Austringer. Um which everybody thinks is a little curious under the circumstances. Mm. But, but he says, well, just don't make any comment yet. Just wait till you watch it. So the first scene I've described already, after that, you see a skinny, threadbare, black and white figure stooping over the broken body of a hawk, long grey hair fluttering in the wind and a battered, wide-brimmed hat with feathers in his band and old, long black coat, which is patched at the elbow. You see battered shoes crossing a hillside serrated with terracettes and rocks. You see his shoulder, the long grey hair flapping and whipping across it. The movement of the man's hair is filmed to be slightly unsettling. And, and Steve, as an enthusiast, you once read that apparently the director had filmed this backwards. So it kind of looks wrong. You see the two the man and the woman from the car and they're called greg and leslie um they're not actors whose names you remember really greg's calling someone they're in a cottage somewhere up on in the moorlands like a holiday cottage or something and greg's calling someone on the phone and he's making reference to the children and he calls the unheard person at the other end darling and you're supposed to infer that this man and woman are having an affair the Austringer appears at the door and there's this tightly scripted scene which marries tension and humour where essentially he demands that they replace his bird with another bird and Greg offers him money and he says he don't have no use for money, he just wants the bird and the Austringer is like a really, really effectively played figure. He's like tall, ramrod straight, old man with this incredibly creased face and, and they don't really understand what he's getting at. And you get about halfway through, and are you going to watch it all the way through? Or are you going to stop about a 15, 20 minute mark? No, no, I'll stop it part way through and, and turn and say to the others, Does that ring any bells? It was almost exactly what happened to us yesterday, isn't it? Aye, it is. We hit a hawk. I don't understand. It's not like we've had someone following us around telling us to get them a new bird have we well no but I did it was really odd I didn't say anything about it at the time but just after we hit the bird when I was looking out of the window I, I kind of caught sight of something up on the horizon a little, a little way away and at first I thought it was a man and then I thought it was a bush but then when I looked again there was nothing there at all and so I thought I was just seeing things because of the rain it's all a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I wonder what uh, I wonder what's happening to Gareth. I hope he's all right. Well, he's with Alison. I think he's doing okay. Oh, is the vet called Alison? Oh yes. Oh. Not not, not Mrs. Something. Oh. He referred to her as Alison. Oh right. Okay. Back to the car with Alison. You've discovered um, that. That Alison is gay, that she has a girlfriend um, back in Birmingham, um, and that she's she's just generally lovely company. She's really nice. She's also apparently when she was at uni boxing champion as well. She she does look like she could bench press a horse, right? She's she's really she's really quite impressive. But you know, you just have a great conversation. She's just easy to talk to. She's friendly. She's got some 
frank, frank opinions about this region and the people here. Um, is there anything you want to ask her in the car on the way back? I think we talk most loosely about these sort of things and I sort of try to steer in the conversation a bit more about my old magpie because I I feel like she's so impressive. I'd like to impress her back somehow that I took care of this and uh, I wish I had her skills and uh, me being quite frail myself. It, it's just, it's fun with someone who's just outspoken and a bit brash. Yeah. Um, but um, I, it's not something in particular that I I wanted to bring up at this point. She's like, well, well. So, so tell me about the um, tell me about the television show that you're making. It's like are you doing that with Eric Higginson. Yeah, that's right. Um, Is he as awful as as like all like the gossip? papers used to say oh he is you know you, you gotta watch yourself around him you know i'm just a runner so i i try to keep clear someone calls on me to do something i just do it and then get out of the way he's uh he's something he, he is what he seems to be um to be honest i if i were you i'd just do your filming um i'd i'd get out of here to be honest if i didn't have a job here and I had to stay. I would be so gone from this place. It is so depressing. Have you ever been to the circle? Oh, the stone circle. Yeah, yeah, just just yeah. once. You know, the damnedest thing. Damnedest, damnedest thing. I swear, yeah. I, 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 I felt really cold in the middle of it. Like, you know, like in the stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, us too. I mean, I didn't actually step inside. I just watched the other ones do it. But they all felt it. I don't know, it could be some kind of... Uh, what do you call it when when you? Whoa! What was that? Oh shit! What was the car swerves? And it was like, whoa, whoa, oh, holy shit! Oh, did you see that? No, what? What, what? What was it? I didn't see. It was like a woman standing in the road. Woman in a white dress standing in the what? <coughs> in the road. And I start coughing, and I, I had to bring out my inhaler again. You look. Shit! I didn't. I look around. Do I see it? Did I see her? You thought you might have done, but. No. No, 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 there's no one in the road now or nearby. And it's, you know, a fairly open country road. There's nowhere where anyone could have disappeared to in seconds. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's just standing up on my arms and I sort of rub myself to try and get warm. And then I feel these prickling aches as if I'm still feeling the, the bird's beaks picking at me last night. This place, you know, I just... Sorry, I don't feel really good about this. I had really bad dreams last night as well. Places like this get to you, to be honest. Back in the OB van, you're talking about how weird this all is. And um, suddenly there's like this sort of roaring snow sort of sound from the screen. And just for a split second, each of you could swear to god that you saw a face moving on the paused video behind the snow behind the 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 bar of snow that goes up and down what the hell was that it was like a woman's face but you couldn't see the eyes did you see that steve penny did you see it Mm, it could be i don't know magnetic disturbances in the old movie, I, I don't know. No, well, the, the tape's on pause, so it wouldn't be anything from that, but uh, well, it could be paradoilia, I suppose, you know, I mean, you, you see faces, don't you, in all sorts of random things, and it is only snow on the screen. You might have accidentally knocked the um, frame forward button, or something, on, on, the, um, on, on the, the outside broadcast kit, or something, I don't know, something like that. It might have slipped forward a frame, they do that. Occasionally. Oh, we're watching a VHS. You're tape watching now. a VHS tape, which you've managed oh, to connect okay. to the outside broadcasting okay. thing with um, with some cables and stuff. It might be residue from an, an old uh, recording that they have, you know, recorded over or something. Oh, it could. Be. Let's go, go go back. Go back and see if we see it again. If it's there, then it's probably what we saw. All right, hold on a minute. I'll just I'll just spool it back a couple of seconds and play it again. And he does so. You, you, have you ever been in the position where you just accidentally press the wrong button and 
it fast forwards instead of rewinding and suddenly you find yourself in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that happens. You're sure you press the correct button, but it just fast forwards and then it starts playing again. Hold on a minute. That must have been me. Hang on. Uh, he presses stop and rewinds it a bit and plays it again. Right, and you're in a completely different place of the video of the film now. And you see a scene where the awe stranger is in a stone circle and he's he's got um, some objects like um, a little bottle some hair the foot of a bird and he's got them on a stone like a table um, he's standing in the middle of a stone circle and he's doing some sort of sort of folk witchcraft ritual and as the scene ends you see two women appear in the shadows at the edge of the stone circle in long white dresses their hair ragged like feathers and their eyes difficult to see because they're wreathed in shadows and then the scene shifts and you see the man and the woman doing dialogue in the the holiday home again Steve Mm -hmm. what do you know about this movie do you know where it was filmed well, tis before my time, I, I don't know that I rightly recall, but I suppose we could look it up. There's a Wikipedia page, guys. It's 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 a lost episode of television. Quite a well-known one. Steve gets his phone out and um and has a look. Okay, so it was um it was filmed in um the Hoddersham Down Lodge. The the outside places, although the the um the indoor scenes were filmed in um, Pebble Mill Studios. The BBC, the outside, was filmed at the Hoddersham Down um, in Hampshire. And there's a link to um, the circle of Hoddersham Down of Hampshire. Steve reads through the page and says to the others, well, it it looks like it was filmed round here, but um, I don't think this Wikipedia page is terribly reliable. I mean, I know it is Wikipedia and all that, but um, it it says it was filmed round Hoddersham Down. Um, but it does say that Odisham Downs in Hampshire, and we're not in Hampshire. We're in uh, Dorset, was it, or was it Devon, Worcestershire? No, no, um, like the weather app Devon. on your phone definitely says you're in Hampshire. Oh, this is getting a bit weird now. Well, how can that be? Tis filmed in Odisham anyway. That's that's what it says on the page. So, I guess that's where it was filmed. Here in um. In Dors, mm. where Hardisham. It was filmed in Hardisham. Right. It's around this point that Gareth arrives back at the van with something to report. What? 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 How? What exactly are you telling them? What of this are you telling them? You can summarise if you want. I say goodbye to Alison and uh, close the door. As um, I just sort of. Um, I guess I see the closed van and I just open the van door as I come up and I say hi everybody oh you won't believe it I this immensely old geezer he demanded me that I get him a new bird he wouldn't hear anything about insurance or anything right and how do you respond to that what <laughs> oh my god really uh, yeah uh, Steve it's uh, like wind this back he's got to watch this Gareth, come over here and have a look at this. You're not going to believe this. Steve rewinds the um, the video, hopefully successfully this time, and, and goes back to the, the, the relevant part at the beginning and plays it for Gareth to watch. Gareth, if I were you, I would roll dice plus courage, please. Just three yeah. dice. That is... 21. Oh, that's good. All right, add a dot to courage then. Um... Okay, because this is scary, right? First, if you haven't guessed, the reason that the man in the cottage looks familiar is that you had already seen him. Right? Yeah. Can you remember where you had already seen him? Because seeing the man in the BBC drama on the screen reminds you where you already saw him before anyway. 
Did I see him by the by the road? In the photograph from 1920 of the, the local Austringer. It's the same man as on the screen of this lost episode of television. And I feel like my whole skin is just prickling and turning. I uh, actually, I step outside the van. You step outside the van and as you step outside the van, you hear the sound of a bird, a big bird of the Corvid family, in fact, going absolutely nuts. And suddenly, the magpie, your magpie, your ghost magpie, flaps in your face and is there with its claws and its beak, worrying at you. Right, roll um, dice and courage again. 18. Right, that's not enough. Lose a point of courage. Because it's your magpie, you can tick the shaken box and colour in one of the stones. Okay, so you failed. It attacks you. It bats in your face. And then it's almost like it flies through you. And it's gone, leaving your face bleeding. I was flailing with my arms in the air. I, I, it, it was as if I was scared that it was hunted by something. And then it just attacks me. And I, I stagger backwards and bang into the van and, and fall down and sit on the ground. Uh, next to the the closed van door. Right, the others have heard the commotion. I'm going to go over to the door and open it up to see what's going on. Gareth on the ground with blood on his face next to the van. My God, what happened? No, I was... Something just came at me. I was... Oh my God, you're bleeding. Come back in here and I'll get the first aid kit out. I'm absolutely shaking now. I'm, I'm trying to get up. So I'll, I'll lean I, down and give him a hand and sort of support him and get him into the van. I take your, your help and I, I, I say, that on the way here, there was a woman in the road as well. Where? Whereabouts? She was there and we disappeared. No, she was on, on the way from the, from the old man. We just saw a, a woman, I think. Oh, my God. What, did Alison see it as well? Yeah, she was almost driving off the road. Oh, wow. So you thought you hit somebody? No, we didn't, but she was close. But then she wasn't there, and I sound utterly shaken. You've showed Gareth the thing up until the point at which the Austringer demands his own, demands a new bird. Are you going to watch the rest of the play? Uh, I want to. Gareth, what, what did that woman look like that you saw in the road? Well, I try to describe it to them best I can. Because you didn't see her, as only Alison described it to you. Well, I tried to give her the description that she gave. Right, okay. Because I, f- I felt like I saw her myself when she did it, but no, I'm, I'm not sure I did. Maybe it was just her. All right, all right. Oh. Uh, right, Steve turns to the other two women and says, We've watched more of this than he has. Based on that, do you think it might not be a bad idea if we watch the rest of this? Oh, I think so, definitely. Uh, Pen- I don't see what... what, I don't see a harm in, in watching it. It's, I mean, it kind of got me intrigued now, and I, I want to see what happens. Yeah, me too. Right, I- I'm utterly frightened myself. I feel so bad, so I'm sitting and I'm sort of dabbing uh, with a cotton bud at my forehead where... I was hit by the... Why Why did you leave the van, Gareth? Well, it's just... It's him, isn't it? It's that guy. It's the guy in the photograph. The ancient guy from the museum. No wonder he looks so bloody old. None of this makes any sense, but I think maybe we can make some more sense of it if we watch the rest of this tape. I just... I think we should get out of here... And I start to uh, try to stop myself from crying because I'm really upset. You know, I I think this is a bit too messed up, if I'm honest. I, I was driving down the road and was hitting a hawk. And now this... I mean, someone is, unless someone is playing a really sick joke on us, this is just making me really 
uncomfortable. Well, I, I think, like Penny says, we haven't got anything to lose by watching it, have we? It's, you know, it's only a TV programme, and maybe it'll help us to understand a bit what's been going on. I, I think we ought to put it on. Maybe that old man is a fan of the of the movie or something, and he's, like, made it a thing where he, you know, tries to emulate as much of the character as possible. You know, there's a lot of people do, you know, reenactors and... I don't and know. You, you notice that at this, how my breath slows down a little bit. Like, do you think he set that up? Do you think he, like... Think he threw the bird in front of the car? Oh look, it's got maybe. something. Whatever it is, it's got to have a rational explanation, hasn't it? I think. I think maybe we'll understand more of it if we watch the rest. Let's just put it on and see. I try to. I try to calm down. Just take deep breaths, and I dab at my forehead. And as a really classic BBC ghost story, um, imagine that from 1969. It's not going to have a particularly encouraging ending. And such is how it works out. You see the folk magic ritual. You see the ghostly women in white dresses with the feathery hair and the, the eyes hidden in shadow who appear. And they're sort of filmed backwards, so they sort of look kind of jerky and wrong. And you see the terror of the man and the woman you see the man and the woman having their holiday cottage besieged by these ghostly figures by inexplicable occurrences the lights go out things fly around inside like birds fly around inside there the woman runs outside she disappears with a scream the man chases the sounds of her up through the woods he finds himself in the stone circle where he is beset by the ghostly women who weep for the birds they're all gone the play doesn't seem to make any sense everything seems to get fuzzier and more distorted everything is doused with snow it doesn't really seem to have an ending the video recorder goes click the tape pops out you have listened to an episode of the Stranger, a folk horror adventure based on the game the shivering circle our storyteller was howard david ingham who also created the game and we were joined by helmar and jenny from the wonderful Red Moon Role-Playing Podcast. Music was written and performed by Kai Engel and was used under Creative Commons licence from freemusicarchive.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.